Good singing. I really enjoyed the songs that you selected and used today. All right, we want to share a message with you this morning titled Walking with God. And you see the scriptures that are listed there on the screen. And I've asked this morning, let's read them together. Ready? Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. There are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. And Noah walked with God. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Founded then, brothers, we ask that you urge you, the Lord Jesus, that as you receive from us how you ought to walk, and to please God, just as you were doing, as you do so And our text there is verse 1 there, First Thessalonians 4. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. Walk by faith. I'm not sure I'm going to try that again for a while, Sam. <laughs> I trust the scriptures speak to our hearts, even if we fumble some time from the words. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. And as we do, I want to remember Wilma, her daughter called yesterday and said that she's experiencing some severe pain. I believe it was in her knee that she can hardly walk. And I think it's arthritis, but that she would not be here in church today. So that's really And then also our, our brother Kurt is still in the hospital. Came through the surgery well, but the normal bodily functions are not kicking in. And it's really a frustration for them. The doctors and nurses are working with Kurt, so keep him in your prayer. If you want to give a call or do a visit, I'm sure that you would enjoy that. Let's pray. We thank you, Heavenly Father, today that we can gather together in the house of prayer. Coming together as brothers and sisters and friends of like precious faith. Lord, we thank you today that as we come before you in Jesus' name, that we know that you're in the heavens above and you're looking down upon this world. And so wonderful, the Holy Spirit is the agent in the world, and he's ministering to our hearts and felt his presence ready this morning, Sunday school hour, now in the worship service. Oh, I pray that our worship would ascend your throne in the beauty of holiness. Help us to love you more and more every day. Lord, we would be open vessels for you to work through, to reach others. I pray a special blessing on every family that is represented here today. Young and old alike, Lord, we need you. We need you every day. And we thank you that you're available. And the Lord, you are hearing and answering prayer. We praise you for that. We lift today Wilma and Kurt and their various needs. Lord, be near to them. May they feel the prayers of the saints. And oh, how we pray for a touch from heaven upon them. Bless them as well. She's there by Kurt's side. Lord, just encourage her. This is quite a journey they've been together on. Just pray you continue to answer prayer that your will would be done. Others, Lord, here, maybe in our, even in our midst that may be suffering that we're not aware of, but Lord, you know all about it. I pray you touch them. 
body, soul, and spirit. Help us to be encouraged, Lord, in you today. And to thank you for all the blessings that you do afford to us. That your presence is just as real great through the good time as it is in the bad time. For you change not. So help us to trust you, Lord, no matter what circumstance we may find ourselves. And we live to lift up your name and that you would receive the honor and the glory. Bless now, we pray, as we look again into your word. In Jesus' worthy name, we ask all these favors and blessings. And everyone said, Amen. <laughs> so, time to time, I go back through my uh, message files. I've tried to keep every message I ever preached. And some weeks ago, I was looking and through, and, and the message just sort of leaped out at me. And it's from back in July of '93. I started pastoring in June. June 8th was my first Sunday. And so this is an only but goodie, I think. And I felt the Lord nudge me that I needed to share again. You know, God's word does not return to him void. And it's just as fresh today as the first day he inspires us. And so I don't hesitate to share this. Of course, going through it, some of my terminologies I think I've improved a bit on. My wife is a big man. <laughs> but we want to share with you a message entitled Walking walking with God. The Apostle Paul is telling us to walk by faith and not by sight. And when you think about sight, you think of appearance. Christ is not physically present, but his presence is here through the Holy Spirit. And there's coming a day that we're going to see him face to face. Won't that be wonderful? To look upon his countenance and to thank him for all that he's done for us. I, I just try to let my mind go, what will that be like? And I'm sure we can uh, understand what it will be and how wonderful that will be. We'll see him as he is, and we ourselves will have our glorified body and be together there in glory. But until then, we walk by faith in the Lord Jesus. I'm sure you heard the this little story that's saying about a father who was walking uh, through the snow and his little boy was behind him struggling to keep up and trying to take big steps and the father asked him why he was doing that. He's not trying to walk in your footsteps. And it, it brings out a point, doesn't it, that as believers, our desire should be to walk in the footsteps of Christ as we go through life. First uh, Thessalonians 4, Paul is here dealing with new believers that had just come out of heathenism, brand new Christians, and uh, hungering for the word. And so for them, it was a brand new lifestyle that they were experiencing. Some of us here today have been Christians for many, many years. I was saved in the summer of 1961 in what I turned now as an old-fashioned tech meeting. How many were ever in a tent service? Oh, yeah, it's a lot of you. Uh, those are cherished times, I'll tell you that. Good memories. But uh, thank God for that time of salvation as a young boy, 10 going on 11. Never sorry that I gave my heart to the Lord. Never 
was sorry that I sought God. And here were these new Christians, the new lifestyle, trying to please the Lord, uh, not themselves, but to live a life and bring honor to the Lord. Uh, an unbeliever lives in sin, but as believers, uh, we don't want to be like that, trying to live for self. We want to live for God. So we turn to Christ. He becomes a pilot of your ship, and we want to live for him and champion his cause. You know, the commandments that we see through the scriptures are not ours. They're there because God inspired writers to put them down. Paul had already told these uh, Thessalonians that they would have to live, how they were to live in order to please the Lord. And so he's now again here uh, looking at the Christian life. Now, if we were to go back into chapter 2 of 1 Thessalonians, Paul is telling them he sees substantial progress that's being made. But he still encourages them to abound more and more. I think that's a good word for you today. We're in the spiritual pilgrimage. We're, we're living out a life that God has given to us. Back in the 80s, we worked at a Brinkhaven Boys Home for delinquent youth. And there was a plaque, I remember, in the kitchen there that said, your life is a gift that God has given you. What you do with it is your gift back to him. I think that was, was a good, that's a good word. So let's consider today together six ways in which we can walk with the Lord. For to walk by faith and not by sight. So the number one would be walking by faith. As I said, he may not be present in you know, our physical eyes, but by faith we know that Jesus is very close to us. He's near to us. And you know, when you walk by faith, try not to walk by feelings. Oh yes, we have feelings, don't we? We're human. God made us that way. But feelings can let you down. Good feelings come and go. Uh, when I say to my wife, let's go out for supper, suddenly she's filled with good feelings. Right? <laughs> you don't have to cook. And, uh, yeah. And how about we men? Maybe the wife comes home and says, hey, I, I got you a new pair of slacks and a shirt. Won't you try them on? Won't oh, you feel good? And uh, they took care of me like that. But, some years ago, many years ago, I heard a common uh, evangelical slogan entitled Fact, Faith, and Feeling. Maybe you'll recall this. We stand on the facts of God and the authority of the Scripture. What God says, He will do. That's the fact. The second is the response to that is our faith. 1 John 1 9, we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the faith in God. He is faithful. And then, third and last, is the feelings. When Jesus does a work in your heart, I trust you have some feelings. You know the work was done. You're filled with joy and exuberance and praise. Uh, I remember when. Working at the altar with people, 
Uh, you could be praying for some, and, and this nothing was happening. Nothing. You'd say, "Now, is the Lord working in your heart? And, and is the Lord showing you things?" And they just keep praying, and even suddenly, something changes, and they begin to cry or to laugh or whatever, and say, "Praise God! God answered my prayer." You didn't have to tell them; they were telling you because they had the feeling, and that God had worked in their hearts. I appreciate a salvation and a sanctification that can be found. I, I just would not be satisfied with a boring religion. But I want something that gives me joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength, right? Praise the Lord. But feelings do come, but they're the first to go. You cannot rely on feelings. The fact is you're married and you get up in the morning and you might have had a good night, you might have had a bad night. How's your feelings? You know, they, I mean, they're up and down. Don't rely on that. So it's much more important to be trusting the Lord because you're going to have those awkward circumstances come your way. There's going to be times you, you're, you're weary in your body, your, your nerves are frayed. You feel like a real wonderful Christian at that point? We were visiting with some old friends yesterday, and the wife was saying about her husband, uh, he's a mason, he drives many, many hours sometimes to big jobs when they're putting brick down, and uh, comes home and barely gets four hours of sleep, has to get up at 3.30 and hit the road again, and she said, by the end of the week, he is nothing but a grouch. <laughs> and I thought, imagine, you know, not much rest, and his nerves are bad, but uh, they, they were a great couple. We enjoyed them from our former church. But how important it is to be read up and prayed up. And we can face each day, no matter what may come. Spend time with the Lord. And you've heard me say that many times. But are you doing it? You know, we all live busy lives. And guess what? Even preachers. There's sometimes that the phone is ringing and I get in the office and I realize I didn't spend the time with the Lord this morning. And that's, that has to be first. And so I confess that to you. We need to take that special time, just you and the Lord, reading the Word, praying, and then the Holy Spirit will minister to you. So as we walk by faith, you can face whatever adversity may come. And they'll come, believe me. That's life, isn't it? It can be hard at times, but remember to thank the Lord for those pleasant and joyful feelings that do come, and uh, don't grumble and complain when they're not there. So God knows what we need. He's taking care of us. Now, Satan can actually cause nice feelings. Did you know that? He can be an angel of light. He's a tricker. He loves to trick people. And he may try to make us content and at ease. Not wanting to get out there and do the hard things for the Lord. He can blind your eye that you don't see the pitfalls coming, the battles that are there. But oh, brothers and sisters, that's press on. Press on to that high calling which is in Christ Jesus. And so as believers, what are we doing? We're walking by faith. Some days we feel down, yes, but we can still have that constant resolve in our heart to be active in our obedience to the will of the Lord. You know, happiness and joy 
are two wonderful experiences, but happiness can come and go. But the joy of the Lord stays in the heart. It can be manifested there. It continues on. Well, let's move on and walking in the Spirit. Galatians 5, 16 says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I mean, puts it this way, so I say, live in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Now, that's a promise that God is extending to every one of us. If our lives are controlled by His Spirit, we will not be controlled by the desires of the sinful nature. But on our own, we do what we don't want to do at times, and we need to go quickly to the Lord in prayer and ask for His forgiveness and His cleansing. So how about, let's trust the Holy Spirit for our heart purity and strength. John 4, verse 24 says, God is Spirit, and those who worship Him must worship him in spirit and in truth. According to Romans 8, verse 4, the believer gains righteousness not by the means of the law, but by being in Christ and walking according to the spirit. And so there's harmony there, walking together. And there you can find true life and happiness and peace. I firmly believe to live a life that is focused on God and eternal values requires having the Holy Spirit possessing us and controlling and directing our lives. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So walk in the Spirit. And then, John says, walk in love. 1 John 2, 3 through 6. Now by this we know that we know Him. If we keep His commandments, he who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. He who says he abides in him on himself also to walk just as he walked. I think God is saying, let's walk more like Jesus as he walked. Let us walk. And we see it clearly in another verse there in Ephesians 5 verse 2. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling of God. Imitate. Okay, thank you, dear. Are we to do that when we think of Jesus? Read the word and to try to be more like Jesus? That her, our life gives that reflection of his love. The kind of love that Jesus had for us and for all sinners. Giving himself as an offering to God. Showing to us his true and perfect love. And if you would continue reading there the verses 3 through 7, there's other kinds of love that the devil would try to that's lust and perversion. Those are what we're to be avoiding at all costs. Rather, Jesus wants us and desires us to walk in true love as he did when he was here on earth among fellow men. So number four is walk in the light. Walk in the light. 
very familiar verse there in John 1, verse 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. What happens? The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. He cleanses, he, he purifies us. This is one of the 30 texts that uh, John Wesley used to teach entire sanctification. It requires the work of the Holy Spirit within us. May we have that perfect desire to please God the Father, even when our actions fall short. I don't think we do know perfect perfection in this life. But we can have a desire to be perfect and do what God would have us to do. So then the question remains for all of us. How are we walking? Are we walking? I trust so. Remember, Jesus, God knows that we're made of dust, and He that we need His help every day as we fight the enemy of our soul. And believe me, He's busy, is He not? He knows His time is short. And don't be surprised when He throws those fairy darts at you. But what are we to do? Hold up the shield of salvation and defense. Praise the Lord. So forgiveness and cleansing is guaranteed to us from God's word. Fifthly, walk circumspectly. Ephesians 5.15 See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. To walk circumspectly simply means to step gingerly. Watch your path. Avoid contact with those undesirable influences. What about your thought life? You know, the devil is so quick to put thoughts in there that we don't want. There's where you have to say, Lord, cleanse my mind. I don't want to think these things. You ever driving down the road and all of a sudden that terrible thought hits you? And where did that come from? You know where it came from. From our enemy, the devil. So let's be careful. Use our time well. Be careful about the little things that Satan will try to tell you do not matter. He wants you living in the grave. Sad to say, the day in which we live today, the things that you used, used to think were black and white to see when we are not out there anymore. Everything seems to be turning grave. So, but God help us to avoid those habits that tear down and that do not build you up. Think twice before using hasty uh, and nasty words in heart of your testimony. There's an old proverb that says, three things once released will not return again. An opportunity neglected, an arrow released from the bow, and a word spoken in haste. God tells us to wear words before allowing them to leave our lips. Colossians 4, verse 6, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt. You may know how you ought to answer each one. In fact, back in Jeremiah, chapter 9, verse 8, it says our tongue is like an arrow shot out. God forgive us for those times that we said words that hurt somebody. And oftentimes, just in that, our loved ones, the ones we live with, spend the most time So we need God's help to guard our lips and walk circumspectly. 
And then walk pleasing to God. Back in Genesis, you know this verse there talks about Enoch walking with God. And he was not, for God took him. One day he went to work and never came home. God took him to his heavenly home. Actually, there's only two people, I'm correct, uh, in the Bible that experience his sudden departure as Enoch and Elijah. They both were called into God's presence without having to go through death. Really what Enoch and Elijah experienced is what every one of us will eventually that walk with God. We're going to experience an everlasting life with our Savior. And don't look forward to that. My visitation with our elderly many, many times, they say, I don't know why I'm here anymore. I want to go home. And uh, I think we know exactly what they mean. The Bible gives to us a strong reminder that there is life in God's presence for the people of God someday. The book of Jude, verse 14, he described Enoch as a prophet. He was preaching to the unbelievers, the wicked of his day, about the coming judgment of God against the ungodly. You know, don't you, that there is a judgment day coming for every single person has ever been born. We're going to stand before God. But the wonderful thing for us believers, if you've prayed and confessed your sin and God has forgiven you, Jesus forgave us of our sins, he goes on before us. Not like the sinner that's going to bring you on, along with him. What a sad and terrible day that would be for the unbeliever, the fearful, rebellious one, and have forsaken the offer of salvation that Jesus has provided. Oh, if there's one here today that does not know Jesus as your Savior, today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off for tomorrow. You don't know what tomorrow may bring. So as believers, we should be living a lifelong goal and desire to please the Lord in all that we do and say. This is the acid test in matters that are doubtful. What would Jesus do? That's what we need to ask him. So remember our text there, verse 1 of chapter 4, first Thessalonians. Finally, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus, that you should abound more and more, just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and please God. Now, just prior to that verse, Paul is praying for the church when he says, And may the Lord make you to increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before God, our God and Father at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. So the ultimate goal that Paul had there for the believer is that they would be a holy people. Praying for the church to become established in holiness in, right now in this life. And I believe the blessed Holy Spirit wants to do that work for us as we yield ourselves to him. The fruit of the Spirit should be seen and working out in our lives in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the 
fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. What's the last one? Self-control. Oh, we need help with that, don't we, sometimes? I do I do. Against such, there is no law. Fruit is singular, signifying that all nine are normal results of the light of the Spirit. These qualities certainly stand in sharp uh, contrast to the works of the flesh that he mentions prior there in verse 19. You see, the absence of the Holy Spirit opens the door to wickedness and all kinds of devilish practices, evil practices. But the fruit of the Spirit fosters and builds up fellowship and brotherhood, community of spirit. The Christian has love for, joy in, and peace from God. Amen? Amen. Long-suffering is patience with others, like the patience that God had with you and I. Kindness, it reflects the attitude of generosity. And goodness is kindness then in action. Faithfulness describes our integrity in our relationship with God. And then gentleness is God's humility in relationship to one another. And then self-control is that personal discipline under the direction of the Holy Spirit. And there is no law against such holy attitudes and actions. No command against evil could ever produce these blessed results. Such a harvest comes only by the fruit of the Spirit. And so this fruit of the Spirit should excite us this morning as we live for the Lord. If we walk, or if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. In other words, allowing the Holy Spirit to give direction in our life. How to live, how to keep in step with Him. No amount of culture or education, human effort, that is not motivated by God's Spirit can produce this fruit of a Christian and character. Character is what one is. Christian character is what a person can acquire through the growth and development in the fruit of the Spirit. You know what that is? It's a lifetime of walking with the Lord. We all fail, but you might fall down, but don't stay down. Get up! Just as a baby learns to walk, they fall many times, but they get up again. But the Holy Spirit wants to help us and teach us how to walk. So, the six ways we shared with you today was walk by faith, walk in the Spirit, walk in the, by love, in the light, circumspectly, and then pleasing to God. So let's put on our walking shoes. How about it? And out there and live a life for the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's make tracks in this world. We need more light out there. Let's stand together now as a worship team comes.